to the School Business Leadership Podcast. Today's episode is all about how to develop the role of school business manager and how you can gain recognition from the SLT. A hot topic for many of you, I know. I'm talking with a business manager about confidence, how to put yourself forward, the power of networking, and why she ripped up her job description. There's so many nuggets of wisdom in this one. Let's get stuck in. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Connie Brandt. Connie is a school business manager at Peterhouse School, a specialist school for those on the autistic spectrum. She joined the school in 1994 as an office assistant and has been the resident SBM since 2016. She has achieved her level four CSBM and is now working towards CMDA, an SBM degree with apprenticeship. Connie used to volunteer during the holidays to assist scientific research projects and has fond memories of her time at the Wildlife Reserve in Africa, and in her spare time, loves to walk her two rescue greyhounds and is an avid gamer. Today, Connie and I are going to be talking about the creation of the SBM role in her school and how Connie, her head and her SLT work together to shape it into a more strategic role. Welcome, Connie. Hi, Laura. Hey, thank you for joining me today. And before we get into the detail of what I know is going to be a topic that so many people are going to be interested in, you're an avid gamer. Tell me about it. What games do you play? Um, I like adventure games where you go on doing quests because you feel like you make a difference to people in the game yeah. and that's something that I like to do in work as well I love it when something works in school and I know I've made a difference it is a bit like being on a quest being a business manager isn't it I it you is. know I'm an avid gamer as well <laughs> and it is a bit like being on a quest um, and we encounter all the bosses at the end of the levels <laughs> so, so yeah I, I love it um, and like you say you know doing this role is about making a difference you've been at that school since 1994 and you're now the business manager and I know it's been quite a journey for you so so let's start at the beginning. How, how was life as an office assistant and how did you get to school business manager? Well, I went from office assistant to secretary to office manager. But if, wow, somebody, right. if somebody told me 10 years ago what I'd be doing now, I wouldn't have believed it. I would have laughed. I wouldn't have had the confidence and I couldn't have seen the opportunity at that point. So what changed? In my admin role at, at, at that time, when I was the office manager, it felt like a bit of a dead end role in terms of career because I couldn't see it going any further. But it was mm. safe. It was familiar. It fit around my childcare. It was ever quite boring. And our head teacher at the time was just completely snowed under with work. And she was doing things which said, you'd be better off doing this than I, than I was. So once a, once a week, I'd hand her a stack of invoices for processing. And then she'd ask me, what did we buy here? Why, why did we get that? And she said, really, you should be doing this. We decided to, she decided to uh, set up a role of a school business manager. We, we hadn't had a school business manager up until that point. Some of the work also was being done by our head office. We're part of a bigger organization that mostly runs uh, adult social care. So a lot of the finance and HR functions were being done by our head office. But mm-hmm. adult social care has got different requirements to education. So some of what was being done by the head office wasn't really what was ideal for the school. Yeah. So, so the school business manager role was created partially from what the head teacher was doing and partially from functions that were happening at head office that should have been done at the school. So you kind of developed this role with your head from scratch. Like you say, there was no school business manager role. The overarching organisation is different to you. So where did you actually start? How did you, you know, put a job description together or agree what should be done? Well, head teacher approached me about this role and asked would I be interested in developing the role and training for it. And I was delighted and accepted. And I had no idea what I was agreeing to. And she had no idea what <laughs> she was going to get. 
because neither of us was familiar with the role. So he wrote up an initial job description, which was basically my office manager's job description with a couple of paragraphs added on HR and finance. And then I started doing the CSPM course and realized what the role actually entails, that it was much, much bigger than either of us had anticipated. <laughs> so it was a very steep learning curve, but really, really interesting. I loved the variety. I loved the challenge. I loved learning all these new things. Mm. And after I'd done the, the role for a year or so, we had a look at the job description we put together, had a good laugh about it, ripped it up, and we wrote a new one from scratch <laughs> with what I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> Literally learning on the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where did the SLT fit into this? Because obviously you and your head were on this journey. You know, you were figuring out as you went along. How did the SLT take this new role and where it's at? Yeah, I mean, to start with, they had said that as a school business manager, I should be on the SLT. So on paper, I was on the SLT right from the start. In mm. practice, I was kind of on the periphery. I was involved in some of the meetings, but not in others. And staff and the rest of the SLT just weren't used to seeing me as an, as an SLT member. So I was mm. there on paper, but in practice, I was still being seen as, you know, the person that sits in the office and does the paperwork. And the, this wasn't any sort of deliberate disregard or disrespect. It was just, it was just that they were used to having a school business manager yeah. on the SLT. So what, what I ended up doing is I'd, I'd have a look in the, through the diary for meetings that were coming up. And I go, I see you've got a meeting coming up here. Is, you know, is it okay if I join that because I can contribute this and the other to it? And they go, mm. oh, oh, yeah, okay, you can come to the meeting. And I would make sure I was well prepared for the meeting, make sure I had facts and figures to hand. And they realized that I could actually make a, a useful contribution. And next time they'd be more likely to remember to invite me. So I, I, sort, of read, I sort of gradually yeah. drifted onto the SLT. It, it, it took time to get there, but I'm, I'm mm. fully 100% recognized member member now has become fully embedded now was it literally just going to the slt meetings that helped win them over or with were there other strategies that you used with the slt that was my main one there were also mm. things like uh, staff would come to me with something and if they didn't like the answer they got they go oh i'll go to the head then so i would then have a word with my head teacher or with whichever other slt member to give them a heads up but bob's just come to me with this and this is the answer i gave so when it comes to you i need you to back me up Love and they were, they were always very good about backing me up. If I did something, the head made sure that I got credit for it, and that the staff knew that this was something I'd done. And there was a sort of transition phase, I suppose, when staff would come to one of the other SLT members to have, say, a, a requisition approved or like a financial thing approved. And they'd say, oh, yeah, you can do that. And I said to them, don't, don't agree to anything. Don't even speak to staff about finances. Send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one way of doing it just don't speak to them about finance at all <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was literally what i said don't you know just don't talk to them send them straight to me don't, don't, yes don't, that way don't no one can get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it so it's interesting because they, they took it from you so you'd built that relationship up you know because yeah, obviously well, you can't walk in on day one and go right don't you talk to these people about this you know you've obviously built those relationships up how did you feel well, you know, what was the approach that you took getting them to see you in that different way? It was just the sort of putting myself forward, you know, taking things on, saying, I'll do this, I'll take responsibility for that, I can deal mm. with this. And, you know, showing that I had the knowledge and the skills to do this, showing what, mm. what, I, could, what I could bring to the meetings, what I could bring to the school. Because once, once you do something and you do it successfully and it makes a difference, 
people then recognized recognized and people realized that this is useful, you can do this, this will make a difference. So the more you do it, the more you can do it. And the more they accept that you're doing it. Yeah. I've been on a similar journey and I did it in a similar way of just showing up and saying, I'll do that, you know, obviously not to a point of workload and a workload is an issue. I don't mean take everything on. But yeah, making yourself useful, making yourself seen. Because I think sometimes if you're waiting to be invited, like you've said, they don't know what they don't know. So they don't don't think of you in that way or would think to invite you to the table. Yeah, I think being being a school business manager is a very proactive role. When you work in the Mm -hmm. office as an administrator, people will give you work to do and you do the work that you're given. Whereas Mm -hmm. as a school business manager, you need to look at what what needs doing. You have to be proactive about about the work that you do. And it's the same with getting yourself onto the SFT. You've just got to, you know, you don't wait for people to give you responsibility. You've got to put yourself forward. You ask for it. You look for it. And take it where you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And any opportunities come up, you, you take any opportunities that come up. I love that. You know, as an admin, you deal with what you're given. But as a school business manager, you need to look and see what needs to be done. Yes. Yeah, it's a much more proactive role. How do you feel, you know, because obviously that involves a lot of confidence. Some people might be listening to this thinking, I wish I was that confident. I wish I could do that. Do you feel confident now? Do you feel you've you've achieved it? What advice would you give? I'm a lot more confident now than I used to be. For the mm. most part, if, if you pretend that you're confident, if you know that you're supposed to look confident, you know, pretend, just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it till you and, make it. <laughs> yeah. And then if, if it works out, you will then feel more genuinely confident. But yeah, I've, I've, I've never considered myself a confident person. I'm just good at pretending. And I think a lot of people listening would resonate with that. You know, everyone, I, I talk about this and all the business managers spoke about this and our perception of each other isn't always what's going on beneath the surface. You know, people look confident, but they're not confident and everyone has those struggles. Yeah, I mean, especially when I started off in the role, when I was sort of in, in my head, just the administrator who'd been put into this really, really big role. I remember mm. my first, uh, what was then uh, the NASPM conference, the what's now the Institute for School Business Leadership, Mm. And I felt like a very, very small fish in a very, very, very big pond. It was a very welcoming mm. and friendly pond, but I, I did feel <laughs> quite out of my depth. And I joined uh, Twitter because it just seemed to be a thing that, oh, you, you should be on Twitter if you're a school business manager. And everybody mm. there was just so knowledgeable and experienced. And and for a while I felt slightly out of my depth and like like the most junior member of everything. And mm. then once, one day somebody asked a question on Twitter where I thought, oh, I, I know the answer to this one. I, I can help with this one. <laughs> and I can't remember what the question was, but I remember it was quite an, an eye-opening moment where I thought, oh, I know this one. I can help with this one. Do you know, it's interesting. I've recorded a few episodes of this podcast and you are not the first person that has given that example of seeing something on Twitter, you know, feeling like you, you're on the periphery, but then knowing the answer to a question that somebody asked and the amount of confidence that can give you fascinating and I think yeah. that is the power of of, of Twitter and, and networking and being in a group because we spend so much time on our own as business managers getting together it's it's always eye-opening and empowering I think yeah because it's such a varied role you know, I'm a, because I'm a generalist in, in my school I am the resident expert in health and safety human resources finances mm. I ca- you can't possibly know everything you need to know for for those things so there are mm-hmm. lots of things that I don't know, but there aren't many things I can't find out. 
Because somebody Absolutely. somewhere out there, one of my networks will have the answer. Yes. The, the power of the collective, the collective brain. <laughs> yeah. No matter how, how obscure a situation you have, somebody will have been through it at some point before. Especially in this profession, the amount yeah. of things that we have to deal with that are obscure, someone will have done it somewhere, somehow. So if you've got advice to others listening, because your journey is an inspirational one, Connie, you know, the, the role was carved out from scratch. Like you said, you didn't know what it was going to be. Your head didn't know what she was going to get. You know, your SLT were like, who's this person? How is this going to add value? And, you, you know, you've proven it. Um, but what advice would you give to others who were at the start of that journey? Look at what's in your school and what, what you could bring to it, what you could develop. Build a business case showing how your head would benefit. My head teacher mm. loves what's happened to her workload now because she, she's actually got time to concentrate on being the head teacher now <laughs> and build your networks. I'm a part of, of I'm very active on, on Twitter now. I'm a part of the HR and finance group for our special schools network. And I'm part of the NNOSS school business managers network for special schools. And wow. each one of them is just so useful and so valuable. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, Connie, and ask you any questions or, you know, if they if they can help you in any way, how can they find you? Uh, Twitter would be the easiest. I'm on uh, Twitter at, at PeterHouseSBM. So basically, if anyone who is listening to this podcast and isn't on SBL Twitter, they need to join ASAP. That's what we're saying, isn't it? <laughs> There's no reason why they would not want to be on Twitter. I, I joined Twitter thing because it seemed to be like an expectation. I was expecting much from it. And I've just found it. Mm. very very useful and very very helpful and supportive i think in the wider twitter world this seems to be a fair bit of toxicity but the school business mm -hmm. manager community is so supportive and so friendly yeah it, it's a really great community so yes if you're listening find connie at peterhouse sbm you can find me at laura lj business and also the hashtags sbl twitter and sbm twitter and also i think it's at SBL Connect, isn't it? You know, the, yes, it is, yeah. the hub of the, the Twitter SBL community. Um, so yes, if you're not on Twitter, please come and find us and join in the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Connie. I've really appreciated it. And I've loved this story. And I think it will inspire other people to, to kind of put themselves forward. Like you say, if you're going to take anything away from this, it's put yourself forward. You know, ask, ask for things, you know, take on things um, and show your value. Thanks for having me, Laura. If you read my blogs, get my Tuesday email, or you've worked with me in any way, then you know that I talk about confidence a lot. I finished my chat with Connie by saying, put yourself forward and show your value. And I just want to add to that a little bit. For people to see the value that we add, we have to see the value within ourselves. I know it's tough when we think that people don't want to listen or care about what we do. I've been there, but you care about what you do and you have a unique skill set that your school needs. So give it to them with all you've got and the rest will follow. For more tips on confidence building, check out the links in the show notes at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk. Remember, the show is available in all of the podcast directories. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. And if you listen to today's episode and you're on social media, let me know what you think. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the same name at Laura LJ Business. See you next week.